Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and in this episode of Major League Baseball Picks, I'll on the prices that make for good bets using the predictive mathematical model I've built, affectionately called Sideline, for games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections of picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link's in the show description. Costs under $1 per day. You get money lines, run lines, first fives, totals, all sorts of information provided to you <clears throat> via your email, via the Discord chat. Uh, all sorts of goodies over there if you haven't checked it out. Uh, today's a great day to do so with the full slate of games. you got tons of time to research and look through all the info provided. I know some of the people on the Discord talked about it. it's, it's, it's a lot of info, and so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to parse that info and give, if you want a little bit less, how, how I can deliver that, if you want a little bit more, right? Uh, hey, today with Tuesday, you know, only nine games, you got a lot of time to, to sort through all that and try to figure out exactly how you want to attack these games. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It's not trying to forecast one to a T. Is that be a foolish and impossible goal? There are no right sides or wrong sides, or either there are prices or any sides should be played. Whether using my model or someone else's, this is the probabilistic thinking that is key to growing your bankroll instead of draining it. There are ups and downs with this sort of thinking that will balance out in the long run. It's just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so the long run profitability has been proven. Winning every single day is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, you know, <clears throat> yesterday was tough. Uh, one in seven, I think. And, you know, I, I, I feel it as much as you do. <laughs> um, it, it's tough. It doesn't really matter that, that you know, you know, I don't have a nine to five. And so this is my, my literal job in my career. You know, I, I feel it just like you do, whether you spend 10 minutes a day or, or you're like me and you spend probably closer to 10 hours a day on this stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's tough. Um, it's, it's, it's part of the ups and downs. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, viewer, uh, it's easier to say than do. Uh, it's easy for me right now to kind of just say, Hey, we're going to focus on the long run. Uh, but you know, last night when the Mariners, we had first five, under four gave that out over on TikTok and Instagram as a total of the day. And I mean, that was just like the kick in the nuts after what was just a terrible day already. You know, the, the Orioles giving up that grand slam. Thankfully we've got the over on that one, but uh, costing us that side. And then all those runs, then they, you know, they couldn't score the rest of the game. Uh, you know, that kind of hurt. And then uh, Rangers Rays, you know, just really never got off the ground. Uh, we had the Giants as the play of the day looking solid either you know for the most part had to lead most of the game and you know when it gets suspended with two runners on and one out and for most of us that's a refund now depending on your book you, you may still have that live we talked about that on the discord uh, most of your vegas books most of your sharper books uh your offshores that's a that's a refund uh i i played it personally at an offshore so so it's a push for me and hopefully it carries over for you because i feel like the giants are in a good position in that game but it was just a tough day and, and then the Mariners, you know Sunny Gray's got under 50 pitches through through five innings, uh, through four innings, and uh, you know the wheels just come off to the bottom of the lineup uh, as well. He can't find his control, walks a runner in, and you know I don't know 30 pitches probably in that inning could have gotten out of it with a win, and we end up losing that one. And it's tough, and uh, that's just the way it goes. It's the ups and downs. Uh, it's much more fun with the the up. Sunday was you know a huge. Up, you know, and I mentioned this with Jake. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday were huge updates. It was great overall, and then just kind of gave it all back. And that's the ups and downs. It's what makes this tough to do uh, for a living. 
you hear it all the time and I can attest to it as well that when you're doing this, you know, as you're living as a professional, you know, you're going to have stretches where you give it all back and, uh, you know, you just got to cherish the hot ones and, uh, hold, hold your breath as much as you can on, on the bad ones. And, and yesterday sucked. Hopefully we can bounce back today. Mondays for whatever reason, have been good. Don't know why it doesn't make any sense. Uh, two years ago, we saw this was Sundays that at least maybe made a little bit of sense because, you know, you can, argue that Sunday games are inherently different. Uh, a lot of times you get uh, guys who get a lot of Sundays off position players, uh, pitchers at that point, you know, especially if you have a Monday off the next day, you know, a good time to get some of your relievers reset, a good time to use a reliever who hasn't pitched all week, that sort of thing. So you can argue Sundays are a little bit different, maybe. So that made sense a couple years ago when we struggled with Sundays last year, we know, I think Sundays are profitable this year. They're like, Barely under break even, so so reasonably good. We're profitable Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on A-grade sides. Um, tearing it up on those. And Monday is just, I, I don't know, I, I think it's just random variance. And it's tough because the brain wants to try to assign patterns to these things and explanations, and sometimes it's just random. Um, it doesn't make it any more fun, uh, but at least we can identify it, right? We can name it and just say, it's just random and Mondays have been terrible for us. Uh, Mondays, uh, you know, it, it, and it's sad that it's Mondays because everyone hates Mondays anyway. Uh, you know, Monday's already got a bad rap. <laughs> you know, I think we can bounce back here on this Tuesday. Got a full slate of games to pick from. Uh, a, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. But before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube, also if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the MLB college basketball, college football, or coming this fall, NFL content that this channel provides. You'll see how I scale my picks on the screen and in the Google Sheet with the season results and a lot of good information from the model there. That link's in the show description if you haven't checked it out yet. What you see there is part of the information that I give to our dub clubbers every single day. It's just that the club, you get the screenshot in the morning, and then it just pastes into the sheet uh, later in the day. Again, that link's in the show description. But as always, with the scaling with the picks, take what you like. Leave the rest. 6.40 p.m. Eastern Brewers at the Phillies. Uh, you know, weather-wise, we're looking at a, at a pretty warm day with the wind blowing out. So ex extra runs expected here. Uh, Mid-80s to start around 80 degrees to close, almost 10-mile-an-hour wind. So according to Sideline, the, the weather boosts the expected number of runs by 13%. So it's going to be a little bit tougher for these pitchers to keep the ball in the ballpark. Aaron Nola has struggled notoriously with the home run ball, um, especially in that ballpark. That's been kind of the only runs he's given up at home. He's been a better pitcher at home a little bit more than most over his career. Uh, you know, all pitchers have that, uh, but Nola's been a, been a really good pitcher at home, but it's like the only runs he allows seems like our home runs. Um, you know, he's been kind of like the, the Justin Verlander light, right? Verlander a couple years ago, last year, three years ago, I can't remember which year it was, gave up like, I don't know, I'm going to script the number, but gave up like 50 runs all year and like, you know, 35 or solo home runs or something ridiculous, right? He's, Nola's kind of had that. I think you're going to have that problem today. I do expect Nola to give up some home runs simply because of this weather, uh, and he's already been susceptible to that. Here's the thing, though, is that Nola, I still think, is a very good pitcher. His rating now is at a 79. Again, according to sideline, 100 is average. Lower is better. Once you drop into the 70s, it's pretty good. Your top pitchers, Jacob DeGrom aside, are right around 70. Nola's not quite in that category right now and, and, and you know that 439 era that's pretty easy to see the underlying metrics suggest it should be in the upper threes he projects to be a little bit better than that based off of combining with historical data and i mentioned this yesterday that you should be kind of looking about half in-season results half preseason projections about right now should be kind of your general mindset for each player 
it's a little bit different because you might say there's a reason why you think one thing or the other uh, changes that a player's made, new team, new coaches, whatever, right? So you can shift off of that a little bit, but that's your your general kind of baseline starting point. Uh, but the inline metrics for him are, are are much better than ZRA. Still think he's a really good pitcher. I don't think this Brewers offense is very good at all. Their rating has dropped a ton. They really struggle to score runs against the Reds uh, and Cincinnati. And of course, the Reds really struggle as well. And, and you know, I don't want to get too much on a tangent here. I've had a little coffee here in New York. New York here is Starbucks on the road. This is how much coffee I've drank. And I'm like feeling like hyperactive already. Um, I don't want to get too much of a tangent here, but I do think this is an important discussion, right? The Reds have really been struggling offensively since the All-Star break. Uh, I think they really overperformed before the All-Star break. They were on fire. They weren't that good. And the and the ratings showed that the, the ratings still showed their offense like right around league average. They were performing really well. Part of that was the ballpark playing that, you know, in Cincinnati, you know, warm summer days, et cetera. Part of it is just overperforming. The rookies coming up doing really well. And Ellie De La Cruz, of course, we know is going to be, we think is going to be a really good player. He's done really well, but he's he's really cooled off as well. His pitchers are kind of figuring out better ways to attack him. And so, you know, you saw this opening series with the Brewers and the Reds, and I don't think the Brewers are that impressive. I just think the Reds are even less impressive, especially offensively, and that's why I think Noel's going to have a great start here, despite I think he'll give up a couple solo home runs type thing, is because the fact this Brewers offense, I just don't have a lot of faith in really whatsoever. Um I think the Phil, I think the flip side of this, Philly's offense right around league average on a warm day against a bad pitcher in Julio Tehran. I expect big things from them. Tehran's a guy I've talked about a few times now. He's made eight starts. Does have that 364 ERA, but he pitched really well early on coming back. And then it's just been kind of worse and worse. The whole time I've said his underlying metrics pointed to some regression coming. Uh, I didn't think that, uh, you know, it was sustainable. Sure enough, that's what it looked like. And if you, again, if you look under the hood, it suggests that it's just going to get worse. His XFIP is 477. According to Sideline, he projects to be in the low fives going forward. So you have a situation here where you've got a pretty good pitcher in Nola and a pretty bad offense against the Brewers. Brewers should score a little bit because of the weather, uh, but that's going to be the biggest thing. If this was like a cold day in April, this is a setup for a shutout, right? Uh, and then you've got a bad pitcher in Tehran, a full standard deviation worse than league average according to the model. And even though the Phillies offense is only average right now on it, they like this against Tehran. They should take advantage. I'm all over the Phillies here. I'm playing them at minus one. Some of your books offer this as a bet. What I am doing uh, for this in my model codings, I'm pulling every number from Bet Online. Again, link in the show description to sign up there. Um, these are some of the best odds uh, for games, some of the best prices, some of the highest limits. They don't limit you. You know, I've been playing at DraftKings for a month, and they've already limited me uh, on on how much I can, you know, bet on a game. You know, you're not going to get that there, right? So Bet Online is a great place. But they don't have the minus one, but you can create the minus one by yourself. What you do is you actually just bet to win a certain amount on the money line and bet that amount on the run line. That way, if they win by one, you win the money line, lose the run line, and you push. And that's what a minus one bet is. If they win more than one, you win both. And, of course, if they lose, you lose both. You help yourself out on the odds a little bit here. So I don't want to play the minus one and a half. I don't like playing minus one and a half, mainly because it's annoying. As, as watching it, you know, the heartbreak of what do you do if your team's up one late, right? Are you rooting for the tie? Are you, rooting, you know, if they can't score, like, it's just not fun. And part of, part of this is, is, you know, surviving, you know, part of, part of being a good better is bankroll management, right? I think y'all know, I preach that a lot. Part of it, of the bankroll management is the sanity of being right. And so for me, this is just kind of how I'm playing it. 
historically, if you're playing run lines, if you're playing money lines, you're playing minus ones, your ROI is going to be a about the same now there are certain games where i'll play one or the other and i'll kind of mention that and, and i i've got it coded and you can see or you can see in the 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 sheets that i provide every morning uh and every day before for our dub clubbers there you can see the price needed for an a grade and you can see sometimes the discrepancy is a little bit bigger on one than the other so on any individual game there are times where one makes more sense than the other for various reasons and the price is just a little bit more off but on the whole, if your strategy is more stick to one or the other, it's going to kind of come out in the wash. So I'm playing this as this minus one that I'm making up at minus 156. It's an A grade. Whether you play money line a little safer, whether you play run line, that doesn't mean the Phillies, I mean, they might win by one. I don't, I don't know. They might lose, right? They might win huge. I, you know, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, but in, in general, your ROI is kind of, it's kind of personal preference. I personal preference, I like this minus one thing because I don't have to, uh, you know, if they win by one light, whatever we push, we move on to the next one. Uh, so I'm playing this at minus 156, whether you're playing the money line, uh, A grade price would be minus 215. If you're playing the run line, A grade price would be minus 112. Uh, and you can get better prices than that by about a dime here as of last night. Again, I locked this in. Uh, last, I don't know what the eyes done now. I don't know what it's going to do before first pitch, uh, but you're about a, a dime in the clear uh, on both of those for the Phillies. Uh, bullpens, I haven't talked about them. I think it's a wash. Biggest difference is starting pitching offense, I think, is huge. Phillies at home, I think this is a great value to hop on the Phillies. 7.10 p.m. Eastern, Giants of the Reds. Uh, we're going to you know, have the completion of the first game. And then this one, there's, there's an asterisk on this. And we talked about this a little bit on discord. That's why you should be over there on, on our discord. As you can ask me these questions, I can kind of give you my thoughts. You can hear other people's thoughts and kind of make up your own decision uh, as to what you want to do. You can kind of just listen to what I'm saying and just kind of tail that, uh, or you can kind of hear what I'm saying and, and make up your own decision based off, off what you hear. If I've convinced you, you know, whatever kind of works for you, the asterisk on this game is they're going to finish that, you know, last night's game before it. And that matters. Some relievers, on occasion, you see them, they will pitch in the first game of a double hitter. They'll come back and pitch the second game. Other guys, they pitch that one game and they're and they're done. You know, if if, if the Giants get up one and they use Doval in the ninth, is he gonna be able to pitch the second game? I have no idea. If the Reds get up one and they use Diaz in the ninth or, or the tenth or whatever, you know, is he gonna be done? I don't know. Um, you know, unless you're unless you're the manager, unless you're talking to these guys, and it may depend on how many pitches they throw. It, it's you're just you're it's a guessing game right now if you want to wait until close to the first pitch you know a little bit more you still don't really know now you could assume those guys are out i'm gonna assume it doesn't matter here's why it's tie game uh it's a little bit more likely the giants choose their better relievers here because they're set up for success talked about that at the start of the show right with they'll start the game back up with one out and two on here in the eighth uh the top of the eighth you know so it's a little bit more likely that they use their guys uh it's possible the Reds come out in the eighth and they throw a guy like Diaz. I don't know what their plans are, but it wouldn't be crazy to say, hey, we got to get these guys out to have a chance in this game, and they just use him right there. So I'm just going to assume it's mostly a wash, that the Reds are going to use better relievers, the Giants will too, and that it's going to kind of come out in the wash. If you want to wait and see, you can. We just don't know what the price is going to do. That's the caveat, um, that if, if you know, maybe the price will adjust based off that usage. Maybe the price is to adjust between now and and first pitch because you just never know what that's going to do. So that's the issue here. If you if you remove that, Di Scalfani, very average. Rates around average. ERA underlying metrics right around average. Nothing to talk about. He's been around for a while. He's had some ups and downs, but at this point, 
all that balances out these very average pitcher. Again, as I mentioned, a very average Reds offense, one that's down right now. You never know when they're going to figure that out again. Uh, they're not as bad as they've shown these first four days since the break, but they probably weren't as good as some of that incredible streak they had in the you know three to four weeks or so before the All-Star break either. That is a question mark. Um, I, I think it's either a neutral, maybe a lean Giants because the Reds offense being a little bit colder right now. But even if you call it neutral, the big advantage the Giants are going to have in this game is I am not a fan of Luke Weaver. He's got a – this is not a typo because uh, I bring this all in from – you know I scrape it from the internet every day. Seven ERA. Underlying metrics is just, just still be five. I mean, Luke Weaver is not a very good pitcher. This Giants offense is above average. So, you know, it's a situation where the Giants will have a huge edge offensively. Bullpen-wise, the Giants' bullpen is much better than the Reds. I'm on the Giants here at minus 132. It's a B grade. Remember, the new scaling, the B grades are like the old A minus grades. So this is still a strong pick, in my opinion. As long as it's minus 135 or better, it gets the B grade. Minus 125 or better gets the A grade. Total in this game projects to be 11.8. So we're talking about a warm day, uh, you know, Wind blowing a little bit out, a little bit across, but a very hitter-friendly ballpark. I, I didn't touch the total uh, on this one yesterday, even though the model said to go over. I'm not touching the total on this one now, even though the model says to go over. Um, you know, I'm just nervous about this Reds offense. So model says go over. So when I run and automate and everything, it says play this over, that it's a good value here at over 10 and a half. Um, personally, I'm holding off. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I'm just waiting. I'm, you know, 10 and a half is not like the, you know, it's nice. I guess if you go over then like five, five, you get the win, I guess, but 11 is not the most common outcome in the world for baseball games. So I'm not running to the window, I guess is my point. We'll see how it goes later. How I feel model says to play it. I think the giants are the stronger look in this one though. 8.05 p.m. Eastern, Rays at the Rangers. You're going to come back to when we got last night. Missed the total, got the player prop. So split this game, projecting the roof closed again. Arlington in the summer, what are you, you, know, you going to do? Uh, Taj Bradley and Nathan Evaldi. You know, Evaldi probably not as good as that 283 area, but still very good. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, reminds me of McClanahan talking about last night. I think it's a similar situation where I mean, McClanahan looked a little bit better last night. I think he gave up. Um, you know, had that one hiccup inning, but still pretty decent outing against a really good Rangers offense. And kind of like that, it's not that McClanahan is a bad pitcher at all. I still think he's good. Uh, I just think his he was, you know, maybe getting a little bit lucky. Um, results were a little bit better than the underlying metrics, but still a good pitcher, and good pitchers can overperform on any given night. I think he evolved the same way. I think he's good, maybe not great. I, I, I underlying metrics suggest his ERA should be more in the mid-threes. Doesn't mean he can't have a good night, right? He's still a very good pitcher. I think he's more good than great. He's definitely top, you know, 20, top 25 starting pitcher. Uh, it's just when you look at the ERA, when you look at how many innings he's thrown, you'd make a case for him to be in the top five uh, this year. And I'm, I'm just not quite sure he's there. Uh, and against a good raise offense, you know, he's probably more likely – uh, to struggle then succeed. But of course, Taj Bradley's going to have the same problem against a really good Rangers offense. Here's the thing with Bradley 13 starts, 543 ERA. I mean, that's not good, but the underlying metrics suggest it should be in the threes. He's been really unlucky. But with a young guy, you know, it's, it, you never know. M most of the time, if your default position, 
is a guy with underlying metrics that's better. And by underlying metrics, there's a lot of things you can look at. You can look at FIP, you can look at XFIP, uh, you can look at hard hit, barrel percentage, ground ball rates, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot of underlying metrics, you, you know, exit velocities, et cetera. It's a lot of things you can look at. He has been unlucky so far. Nine times out of 10, that's going to come back, right? It's just that like one out of every 10 pitchers is just kind of always going to over or underperform. Is Bradley going to underperform always? I don't think so. That doesn't really make sense. I think he's a really good pitcher still, but you know, A, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, and that it hasn't, you know, kind of synced up yet, but B, he's going up against a really good Rangers offense. This is not the type of team you want to be facing. Um, you know, when, things aren't going well for you and you're having that bad luck because this Rangers offense is just so incredibly good. It's because of that. I'm going to be on the Rangers here at minus 130. It's only a C grade according to the value member of the C grades. Now with the old B grades, the B grades really were just not very good in the first half of the season. That doesn't really mathematically make sense because the edges that were just weaker than, than these picks performed very like 0% negative 1% ROI, which is exactly what they should have been. And the A grade picks did better. So why these just like dipped crazily, I think it's just, again, more variance. So I think these are still going to be solid going forward. We just want to pick our spots. I think this is a good spot to pick the Rangers on. Again, a couple of reasons why the model loves Bradley looks at the underlying metrics and says he's still better than I think he probably is. Model is a little bit down on Eovaldi. I don't necessarily think we want to throw that out the window. I think we want to keep in mind that Evil is probably not as good as numbers. Bradley probably better than his numbers. But I do wonder if the model is a little bit carried away. Model says that Evil is an 82, Bradley's a 92. Standard deviation is 15, so that there's less than one standard deviation between these two pitchers. I, I think it might be a little bigger than that, you know, and that's okay, right? I don't have to agree with every little thing the model says. I just think the, I think the gap's a little bit bigger between these two pitchers. I think we all could agree Evaldi's a better pitcher, right? Model says the gap's not that big. I think it's a little bigger, right? So if that's the case, and this is a, a C-grade pick, if 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 I'm correct and the gap is a little bigger than the model realizes and the edge here's a little bit bigger than the model says, right? So hopefully you're following me on that one. Uh, offensively, as good as the Rays' offense is, the Rangers' offense is a little bit better. Rangers bullpen's the big problem. It's kind of offset by Yavoldi with how many innings he seems to throw, how many outs he seems to get. That mostly helps. It didn't help his last start. His last start, he only went five and a third, and the bullpen blew up in the seventh inning, gave up six runs to the Red Sox. That was at a park in Fenway. We always talk about it's a weird park, right? Hitter-friendly park, but runs come in bunches there with the weird dimensions. And like Fenway is the most extreme, like, you know, you'll see more low scoring and then crazy high scoring games at Fenway than any other park, right? Coors Field has a lot of high scoring games, but you very rarely see when you see that two, one game, it's rare in Coors. You get that a lot at Fenway, but then you also get a bunch of these weird crooked numbers like what happened last time to the Rangers bullpen. Rangers bullpen's the weakness, but that should be offset a little bit by Eovaldi at home. Minus 130, I think, is a, is, is a decent pick here on the Rangers. Hopefully, we can get a little bit better of the price at this. You can shop around. Minus 126 gets it to a B. But either way, I still think the Rangers are a decent look here. As long as you're not paying a price into the minus 140s. I would be a little bit too far at that point. I just pass to the price is it worth it. But here at minus 130, I think the Rangers are worth a look. And I talked about it already. Your player prop of the day, Nathan Eovaldi, over 16 and a half outs. If we check out over here on Outlier again, uh, you're looking at a situation where he's hit this 78% of the time this year. And just looking through the games, um, 
this last time he missed it by one out. Again, that was Boston. Hitter-friendly park talked about that. What is the number one thing that's going to help a guy who's been throwing a ton of – look at all these. Look at that, I mean, that stretch right there. A ton of innings this year. The number one thing that's going to help him out is a break. All-star break was huge for him. He hasn't pitched in 12 days in competitive baseball through, I think, an inning in the all-star game. That's not – that's like a bullpen session, right? And I'm sure he got it up because of the adrenaline, but, I mean, that's going to really help reset things for him. I don't know why this over 16 and a half outs, I don't know why it's at minus 110. I feel like this number based off of all these should be set at 18 and a half. I think he can for sure get through six. I know this Rays offense is really good. Uh, I say for sure. That's not the right word to use because that implies too much confidence, right? We view things in probabilities. I think it's very likely he gets through six. I'd set it at 18 and a half and say, they can get through six. Can he get an out in the six? I don't know. When you look at this, you say maybe. He's had a lot of these at 18. And 18 is a pretty reasonable outcome here against this really good Ray's offense, uh, but I, I just think it's it's very likely he gets you know through six. I like this over 16 and a half outs. We got the player prop yesterday. Hopefully, we can get it again today. And if you're interested in checking out all the neat things that Outlier has, you can check them out. They are an official partner of Picture the Professor. They integrate seamlessly with your favorite domestic sports book, allows you to shop for best prices. You can see trends, data, all sorts of good stuff, just like I was showing you there. Sign up today at outlier.bet slash professor for a seven-day free trial. So check that out. If you're not playing daily fantasy yet, uh, that's another thing you can do. You can also just bet, of course, the uh, you know the prop markets themselves, right? Especially if you're in a uh, state, you got a lot of prop options. If you're a state that's got like a FanDuel or something like that, but if you are in other states, right, you've got Thrive Fantasy. It's legal in states where uh, you know you, you can't play at a place like FanDuel. Check them out if you haven't already. You can get an entire lineup of players into a contest. That's something a little bit different than what uh, the sports books typically have. Uh, if you're just playing, you know, at the offshores or something like that, right? Uh, or you can just do a couple props. If you use the promo code SIDES when you sign up or that sign up link in the show description, you get a 100% instant first deposit match for $250. So you can take advantage of some free money today. And that's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow with more sports betting tips. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, get your betting money, but please don't bet your any money.